We're just hours away from the 2023 NFL Draft, and I want to share my final thoughts entering the event today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Lockdown Bills. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all very, very much. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in the game. Well, folks, here it is. The last conversation we're going to have before the 2023 NFL draft. And so I really want to just share with you nine different thoughts that I have right now about the Bills entering the draft. And I build this yesterday on the podcast as a big brain dump of my final thoughts. And so that's what it's going to be. It may feel a little random. I'll try to keep it flowing, but we're getting into nine different talking points essentially here on this podcast real quick before I dive into everything I would love for you to join me during the 2023 NFL draft I'll be doing a live broadcast with Kyle Krabs on the locked on NFL scouting YouTube channel we're going to go live at 7 30 p.m eastern time on Thursday we'll be there the entire way and then of course through all of day two and then after each round on day three we're going to pop in and do a round by round recap so would love for you to join me and uh, be part of my live reactions to what is going to happen this weekend. All right, so let's get into these thoughts that I have. And some of these thoughts I don't think a lot of people are going to like, um, and that's okay. I just want to be honest and authentic with you like I my strive to be every day on this podcast. But my lead thought that I want to start with is that I think the biggest needs for the Buffalo Bills are on the defensive side of the football. I know there's a lot of hope out there for the Bills to get a wide receiver early, a tight end perhaps. A lot of people are looking for a new right tackle. And I think there's some merit to those ideas. I really do believe that. But I think the biggest needs for this football team are on the defensive side of the football. If I had to stack the biggest needs for the Buffalo Bills entering this event, I would say they're number one linebacker, number two, interior defensive line, number three edge, number four wide receiver, number five tight end, number six offensive tackle, and then number seven maybe running back. The first three are all defensive positions. Now I'm going to share some different ideas for those positions and how some of the veterans that are out there that the Bills could go after will shape the decisions I think Brandon Bean should make as well as the distribution of talent in this draft. But I look at this as a football team with bigger questions on defense than on offense. 
And I know there's some people out there that think the Bills should just try to figure it out on defense and go all in on the offense. And I think the Bills should try to have a really good offense and a really good defense and be a balanced football team. But right now, I don't think this team has a legitimate starting Mike linebacker. Right now, I don't think they have enough at defensive tackle or on the edge. And I hear you. You're going to say the Bills have drafted these defensive linemen and they got to figure it out with this talent. Well, if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. You got to be able to affect that other team's quarterback in a bigger way than the Buffalo Bills have. And it's unfortunate that Von Miller got injured last year and really took away from what the Bills had in terms of their pass rush in the biggest moments. And that further wants me to go into the pass rush. The Philadelphia Eagles had 70 sacks last year. They played in the Super Bowl. The Bills don't measure up to that D-line. They don't measure up to Cincinnati's D-line. And I think the Bills need to invest there. They need to get better there. And so I think that the biggest needs for this football team are on defense. Now, I think the most notable talent cliffs in this draft are at linebacker and defensive tackle. If you want a true Mike linebacker, you better get Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders or you're not getting one. If you want help at defensive tackle, I think there's, looking at my horizontal board, there's four, maybe five. And if you take Jalen Carter off the list, which you should because I don't think he's going to be anywhere near where the Bills are picking, you've got an even smaller sample size of players to pick from. And because of that, I feel the urgency for the Bills to to look at linebacker and defensive tackle with their early picks. Meanwhile, I feel like the depth that wide receiver and tight end and edge are all excellent. And I think because of that, because I think the Bills can get an answer at those positions potentially with the second or third round pick, I don't feel as much urgency to get one in the first round. I think you can wait there. I'm also willing to acknowledge that the team might not be as concerned about linebacker as I am. They drafted Terrell Bernard last year with pick 89. They didn't do that for a special teams player in a backup, right? I think there's a plan for him to play. And if they were to draft Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders or another linebacker in the first round, that would be Brandon Bean already saying, hey, look, I made a mistake. Terrell Bernard's not that guy. Would they do that? Would they give up that quickly? Would they admit a mistake that quickly? I don't know that they would. And maybe they don't have to admit a mistake. Maybe they really believe in him. And this was the plan all along. And that A.J. Klein and Tyrell Dotson are a hedge against Terrell Bernard. But they picked this guy at 89 overall for a reason. That doesn't mean I'm comfortable with him, but just trying to get inside the brain of the Bills here, that's where my mind goes. Also, with this wide receiver discussion, we're going to let me save that. Let me save some wide receiver talking points for, for just a moment. I don't want to get too far into that because I do recognize the opportunity to improve at wide receiver. I want the Bills to improve at wide receiver, and I have some ideas for how that can happen. But that first prevailing thought, talking point number one here, is that I believe the biggest needs for this football team are on defense. Number two, we talked about edge rushers and how I think that's an important need. And you know, Von Miller and his status early in the season is very much in jeopardy. And I think the most important thing as it relates to Von Miller and the Bills next year is that Von Miller's ready to go. 
late in the season and in the playoffs. They need him to be Vaughn late in the season. There's no reason to rush him back. And with that in mind, right now you're looking at Greg Rousseau and Shaq Lawson as your starting edge defenders with A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham coming off the bench. Does that excite you? Doesn't excite me. But what does excite me about the edge situation is that I think there are some really good veterans that the Bills could target. And they don't really have to look at this draft as needing to get one in the first three rounds. If there's the right one there, then you pick them. And I think Will McDonald is absolutely in play in the first round. Keon White, Byron Young on day two. There's plenty of players I think they would like to draft. But I don't think they have to. There's veterans out there that I really like. And I'm going to give you a list of some guys that they should consider. But also, uh, maybe you're thinking when I say sign a veteran, you're thinking about that compensatory pick that the Bills are scheduled to get for losing Tremaine Evans, a third-round pick. After the draft, there's a certain date. I don't know exactly when it is. It's usually pretty quick after the draft where the players you sign are no longer – they no longer count against the compensatory pick formula. So you can sign away and have no concern about losing that third-round pick. And as I've surveyed the veteran defensive end market, there's a ton of names. Leonard Floyd, Frank Clark, Robert Quinn, Yannick Ngakwe, Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, Carlos Dunlap. All those guys are out there. And I would love for the Bills to sign one of those guys to go with Greg Rousseau. Further improve your depth when Von Miller goes back, but also just have another proven veteran in the room. And so I think the Bills should explore that strategy when it comes to the edge rusher situation. We'll see if Brandon Mean agrees. I also wanted to talk about receivers. So talking point number two is, the edge conversation and me thinking that there's some good veterans that they can consider. Now I want to move into their wide receiver discussion. A lot of my belief that the bills don't have to go wide receiver early is because of Khalil Shakir. And remember the bills have Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, and those are good players, right? I know that I have plenty of criticism for Gabe Davis. That doesn't mean I think he's a bad player. I just think he has some skill set limitations that don't warrant 100 targets a year. But I really do like Khalil Shakir, and that doesn't even get into some veterans that they added in Teontae Hardy and Trent Sherfield, who I think can help this offense as well. But Khalil Shakir, because I grade players numerically the same way every single year, I can compare grades. And if Khalil Shakir were in this draft class, he would be my wide receiver seven. And he would be behind Jackson Smith and Jigbo, one, Zay Flowers, two, Jordan Addison, three, Tyler Scott, four, Marvin Mims, five, Jalen Hyatt, six, and then it's Khalil Shakir. I really believe in him as a guy that can be potentially the featured slot, an inside-outside guy, but he's already got a year under his belt in the offense and with Josh Allen. I think it's more likely that Khalil Shakir can come in and provide an impact for this team than somebody on day two, potentially. I mean, you know that I would love Jackson Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers in the first round. Jordan Addison would be okay to me in the first round. But I want to remind everybody about Khalil Shakir. And if he's a legitimate wide receiver three that helps Gabe Davis, and of course, Stefan Diggs is your one. You still have Deontay Hardy and Trent Shurfield. Is like, is this that big of a concern? Is this that big of a concern? 
again, I, I would love for the Bills to draft a wide receiver early, but I just don't feel like I have the same level of urgency that I see from a lot of other people, and that's really rooted in my belief of Khalil Shakir being able to really be a meaningful target for this football team moving forward. So the first three thoughts I wanted to deliver is that I think the biggest needs are on defense. They should really look into this veteran group of edge rushers as opposed to maybe picking one early. And then, hey, let's not forget about Khalil Shakir because this dude can play and he's got a year of experience and time on task under his belt that's going to really give him a great opportunity to command a bigger role and, and deliver for this football team. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this game quite a bit, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, well, then you got to give it a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and try to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for hiring coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. you got to deal with free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. And, of course, this comes in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, on the go, as you want and when you want to. Lockdown Bills listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store. That's LOCKDOWN, so make sure to check it out today. Again, to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, let's get into some more of my thoughts here. Number four is that I'd love for this team, the Buffalo Bills, to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. I'd love it. I'm a big fan of the idea. I think a veteran receiver like that coming in just creates a lot of problems for defenses. I love that he would come in and command a lot of targets. I think that would help Gabe Davis. I think you can really tap into the versatility that you have with Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, and Trent Shurfield, and you'd really you'd really look at this Bills wide receiver core and say, yep, they got what they need. There'd be no question about it. And Hopkins can still play. I studied his tape last year. The route running's there. The hands are there. He'd be a good player. And I think you can even have some 11 personnel packages where Hopkins and Davis are your outside receivers and your slot players digs. I'd love that. So I'd love for this to happen. And so there's a lot of layers to this, obviously. First of all, there's potentially the belief that he'll be cut. I don't know if that's going to happen. It feels like there's some teams here that are in the running, the Bills, the Chiefs, and now the Ravens. That's kind of heating up as well. Do you really want to get in a contest of signing him on the open market with the Ravens and Chiefs? Or do you just want to give up a little something and get this player and really feel like, you can look at your wide receiver core and say, man, we've given Josh all the receivers he could ever want. I I'm interested in that. I'm very interested in that. Um, I've talked a little bit about how I think this deal can come together. I think the Bills can look at trading back from 27, the Arizona Cardinals' own pick 34. So can you do something where you move from 27 to 34 and acquire Hopkins, that move back in draft value points is the equivalent of a third-round pick. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Can you just offer a third-round pick? I don't know. I think there's some ways to get this done. Do you want to part with Ed Oliver? 
Ed Oliver will be a great scheme fit for Jonathan Gannon's system in Arizona. Could you do that deal straight up, Oliver, for Hopkins? Does Oliver have more trade value than Hopkins? I think there's a case to be made there. And certainly Oliver would help offset the contract that you'd be bringing on. And so I'd love for the Bills to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm actively rooting for that to happen. And you know me, I've never been someone to get super enamored with trading for players and giving up stuff and all that, but I'm there with DeAndre Hopkins. Which leads me into the next point. Number five is that if the Bills trade Ed Oliver, my defensive tackle concerns go up to 100. And so that's the piece of this that really I get hung up on. If if Ed Oliver's traded, you better tell me who's playing defensive tackle for this team because then you have Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips. I love Daquan Jones. have no idea if Tim Settle's actually a good player. And Jordan Phillips has been dealing with injuries for the last three seasons. I don't think you can really count on him. Come on, you got to have more there. And so I, I I understand that if you trade at Oliver, there's a plan, right? There's a plan to bring him back. Or not necessarily to bring him back, but to replace him. But I'm going to have a hard time seeing it until it happens, right? I want to feel good about the three-tech position for this defense. I want quick interior pressure on quarterbacks and and Oliver's their best interior rusher. Um where I can really talk myself into it is is by considering the reality of if the Bills are going to extend at Oliver and should they extend at Oliver. Is he one of your guys? Is he one of your franchise cornerstones moving forward? I have questions about that too. So you clear the cap space and it's all about what you do with it. I've surveyed the veteran defensive tackles out there. Shelby Harris is a guy that I like. He'd be a player I'd pound the table for the Bills to sign immediately if they traded away at Oliver and be the Bills starting three technique. And then I think you pair Shelby Harris with a reasonably high draft pick to go with Jones, Settle, and Phillips. And I think you can you can work with that. But I would hope that a Ned Oliver trade leads to a very um, agreeable, at least in terms of the way I perceive it, situation at defensive tackle because my concern goes to 100 if Ed Oliver is not on this team next year. And I'm I'm not like the biggest Ed Oliver fan. I think he's a good starting three technique. I've done an entire episode on him recently if you really want all my thoughts on him. But he's a good starting three technique, and if the Bills didn't have Ed Oliver – they wouldn't have a good starting three technique, and I want a good starting three technique. So if you do that, sign Shelby Harris and, and get me a meaningful prospect as well. Number six, I think the Bills are going to draft the tight end at some point and maybe with a fairly early pick. Not only do they need depth, I mean, you're, like I've said a million times, you're one snap away from Dawson Knox getting injured and Quentin Morris being your starting tight end with nothing behind him. And so not only is there a tight end that's not on the team that's going to be rostered and make the team, I think that you can really challenge Quentin Morris, and he deserves to be challenged as a tight end too. And that doesn't even get into the idea of 12 personnel. And it being something I think the Bills want to utilize, I think they were hoping that AJ OJ Howard would be an answer at tight end two to go with Dawson Knox. That didn't happen. But I still think that, idea exists for the Bills and they want that to happen. They just haven't found 
the right tight end too. This is a very deep crop of tight ends. I think there's legitimately seven or eight that are worth a top 100 pick. And I would not mind at all the Bills coming away with one of those players. Folks, I've talked about Bilt Bar all the time. And if you haven't tried it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. These are the best tasting protein bars on the planet. They're healthy and they're delicious. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors like cookie dough and peanut butter brownie, brownie batter, coconut almond, so many great flavors. Uh, and like I said, covered in 100% real chocolate, but they're also healthy. I don't know how Built has thread this needle, but they have. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. And I think we're all looking for delicious things that have those macros. So check them out. You can head on over to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKDOWN15. It'll get you 15% off your next order. But you can also pick up a box off the shelf at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So check them out. They're awesome. You'll thank me later. All right, I got three more thoughts to deliver here as I close out our conversations ahead of the 2023 NFL Draft. And look, we have a lot more to come here after the Bills make picks. I'm going to be here for you uh, with a podcast recapping what the Bills do in the first round, what they do after day two. That'll be for you on Saturday. And then I'll have a Sunday podcast as well, recapping day three. And then obviously we'll have a ton to really dig into next week. So I know the everydayers will be there with me, but uh, if you're not an everydayer, I'd love for you to become one and make sure that you're subscribed because we have some great conversations to to come here and throughout the rest of this offseason as we really get a picture for what this roster is going to look like in 2023. Number seven, and I don't think a lot of people are going to like this one, but I think this team is committed to Spencer Brown as the right tackle in 2023. And maybe the Bills draft the tackle in the first round, and I eat those words. But I really do get the sense that the Bills are committed to Spencer Brown as the right tackle next year. Now, it's a make-or-break year for him. It's all got to come together. He's got to play better. I can recognize that. But I can also recognize the story here. And I'm sure there's some people rolling their eyes right now, but it's it's important. He hasn't really been in the best positions to play his best football. He played tight end in high school in eight-man football. He went to Northern Iowa. He played two seasons of right tackle. His last season was canceled due to COVID. So the year before he goes to the NFL, he doesn't play football at all. Then he becomes a starter in week four, has some ups and downs. When he first got in the lineup, people loved him. And then the inconsistencies kind of mounted up. Then he had some injuries. And coming out of year one into year two, he rehabbed the back surgery that didn't allow him to be ready until just before the start of the season and certainly had his share of ups and a whole lot of downs last year. But he's really physically talented. I think the Bills are really in on him, and I think he's going to get this season to to prove himself as the answer at right tackle. And the Bills have David Questenbury as a hedge. They have Tommy Doyle as a hedge. Maybe you can make a case that they need more there. I certainly understand it. Maybe there's a mid-round investment that makes sense here to start stockpiling and giving yourself more options if he doesn't work out. But I think the Bills are committed to Spencer Brown as the right tackle in 2023. And I certainly hope that proves to be a good choice. Number eight, I want to just give you some realistic options in the first round for the Bills. Like these are players that I think they could stick and pick, like predictively. I'm not going to tell you that I would draft all these players, but as I consider the 
stick and pick options for the Bills, these names come to mind. Wide receivers, A. Flowers out of Boston College. I think he's got Bills DNA all over him. Jordan Addison out of USC, the wide receiver. Route running hands, the Bills value those things. He would be a legitimate, like, young slot player that it feels like you get all the Cole Beasley stuff back with him. I think there's some defensive tackles. The Bills will really like Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. Big old dude. Very disruptive. An absolute tank. Brian Brzee out of Clemson. All the measurables you could want. He's had a lot of adversity that impacted his ability to perform at his best all the time. But when he's on, he's top 10 caliber player. I think Jack Campbell's absolutely in the mix. Linebacker from Iowa. Probably the number one player we've talked about on this podcast over the last two months. And I'll give you a couple wild cards. What Will McDonald out of Iowa State, I think he's absolutely in the conversation. Uh, Bills had him in for a 30 visit. Gives him some burst, bend, and length off the edge. Different type of rusher, but I can see him being in play. Keon White as well out of Georgia Tech. I think he's super Billsy. Uh, Old Dominion's where he started his career, played tight end, transferred over to the D-line, comes to Georgia Tech, character guy. He's invited to the draft, so I'm guessing somebody's pick him in the, picking him in the first round. I think the Bills are in the conversation. Also, Josh Downs out of North Carolina. I feel like I went to sleep on Tuesday night, and I woke up on Wednesday, and just as common as I've seen Bryce Young linked to the Carolina Panthers at number one, I'm seeing Josh Downs linked to the Bills at 27. And I don't know that I'd love that pick. Um, We'll talk about it if we have to. There's certainly other receivers I would prefer. But I think those players that I just mentioned are very realistic options for the Bills in the first round, predictively. And the last thing I want to mention here, number nine, is that there, and I've I've mentioned this, there are so many outcomes that I would be happy with for the Bills in the first round. So many different outcomes. I'm not, this isn't a situation where the Bills are picking high in the draft and you feel like there's just this perfect blue chip player that fits a need and makes sense. I don't think that's the case here. There are so many acceptable outcomes. The Bills don't win the draft or have a successful draft if they just have get Jack Campbell or they get Zay Flowers. That doesn't define a successful draft. I've done the work. I've, I've scouted this class. I, I've assessed the Bills' needs. I made the horizontal draft board. We talked all about that on our Tuesday episode. I really t- got into the way that I stacked these players up and how I put them in tiers and where the talent cliffs are. and. I think that's a great resource. And because I've done that and you kind of let the board speak to you and tell you things, I come into this with so many different outcomes that make sense to me. And I'll tell you what, if you want a copy of the document, I will give you one. Um, I'll put a link to the Google Doc in today's show notes so you can click on it and use it during the draft. It'll give you my Bill's horizontal board, my Bill's vertical board, and then my scoring for all the prospects uh, at every position that you guys can check out as well. So there'll be a link to that in today's show notes uh, for you to check out and use during the draft. But I just feel like that that resource has really helped shape my opinion about what the Bills should do, at least how I perceive it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just one guy's opinion. I, I've certainly done the work and informed myself to have a, an informed opinion, but I don't, I don't get it all right. That's for sure. Uh, but I tell you, I worked hard and 
and did my best to come up with these evaluations and, you know, feel the way that I do for a reason. It's rooted in process. It's rooted in film and knowing historical norms and trends of the league and awareness of the roster. And so feel free to tap into that resource if if you feel like that would be something helpful for you. But also, look, the Bills are going to add a bunch of players to their roster, young prospects, and it'll help shape the way that we view the 2023 roster. But remember, the roster doesn't have to be finished today doesn't have to be finished by the end of the week. You know, you've seen the Bills make signings after the draft that wind up making the team and making an impact. You're going to see remaining players, like players that are rostered on teams right now that because of circumstances in the aftermath of the draft, they may become available. The Bills can tap into that. There's remaining veterans that we've talked about, especially at edge defender, that can help the Bills and not mess up the compensatory pick formula. And so I just feel like there's so much that the Bills can do in the draft, after the draft, to really continue shaping this roster and positioning the Bills to go win the AFC and go compete for a Super Bowl championship. And that's what we all want them to do. And so I, I've I've really kind of loosened up a little bit where I felt like the Bills really had to get certain things. But the more I dove into it, the more I've appreciated the different options as well as looking into some of the free agents that are out there and feeling like, you know what, Brandon Bean can get what he needs at receiver. He can get what he needs at defensive tackle, at edge, at re- you know re- whatever position, tight end. It's all there for him. He can do it. I'm excited to see how it all comes together. All right, folks, there it is, my nine final thoughts before the 2023 NFL Draft. I hope that you'll join me tomorrow night for the draft Thursday night. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast YouTube channel. We're going to break down everything. We're going to use the power of the Locked On Podcast Network to do it, where we have a local expert on every team that's going to come and join us. Kyle Krabs and I are going to be breaking down everything. It's going to be fun. There's no rules. It's going to be a hangout, keeping it loose, talking football. It'll be awesome. So come on by to the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube channel tomorrow, Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Go Bills, and I'll catch up with you after the first round.